going on, guys? It's Seth Iceberg Burger back with another Defense Wins Fantasy Podcast, part of the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network. Gonna continue on the little series of mid-year check-ins with um, some of the predictions that we've had so far. But first and foremost, we gotta talk about the sad news of Rashawn Gary tearing his ACL. Dude was having a year, six sacks coming in for that Green Bay defense, which really hasn't even been in the position of winning games so he could pin his ears back and do the work. But he was still out there working hard and having a career year before the ACL tear. It's it's a shame, you know, injuries are part of the game, but you, you hate to see it. And it was one of my, you know, hopeful predictions for the year. He was on pace. He was looking like that was going to be the case. But an injury has done him in, sadly. Hopefully he can get right and get back for next year. As far as who you should grab on that that defense to kind of take his place, I'll be honest, the team's playing so rough. I'm not comfortable grabbing anybody, you know, and thinking that they're going to play at the level that Gary was playing at. So it's just kind of you, you, if you had him on your team and you lost him, you, you're looking at different teams to try to pick up that that difference, sadly. But, you know, so if, you know, injuries kind of take you into a bus category, possibly, I mean, that's, you can, people have this and that mentality of it. But we are going to talk about busts today for the AFC. And we'll get ahead, we'll go ahead and get right in with the Indianapolis Colts. My bust prediction before the beginning of the season was Yannick Ndakwe. Coming over from the Raiders in the trade, that dude cannot stay on a team. He clearly has issues being in a locker room for a long period of time, whether it's him, whether it's different things, but he's had a very long career of moving around in the NFL for a guy that is as talented as he is. Well, so far this year, he's got four and a half sacks. Not bad, not bad, you know. A team that has struggled as well to have a positive game script for pass rushers. But he's got nine solo tackles in nine games. His sack numbers aren't terrible. But if you don't have a tackle baseline, he's been basically unplayable this year. He's currently ranked as the DN38 uh, while playing every game this season. It's not good. I don't know if Jeff Saturday is going to turn this entire team around and they're going to have a renaissance and just be spectacular. Don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Yannick Ndokwe is going to turn it around this season. If he's not one to tackle in the run game, he's not going to be a guy that you need to have out there on Sundays for your fantasy team. you got to get that baseline scoring to help with the sacks. Next team was the Houston Texans. My bust player here was Kamu Grugier-Hill. Part of it was he had a one-hit wonder kind of season last year. They drafted Christian Harris. Kind of felt like, yeah, he was going to get the start, but Harris would probably work himself in as the season went along. And one game into the season, Grugier Hill was just killing it. Was had a phenomenal week one. He got a little nicked up, a little banged up. Not enough to miss a game, but enough to maybe give a Give a few reps away to Christian Harris. Well, that moved Christian Harris into the rotation. And then he'll quickly started to see his snap counts go down and down 
and down to the point where his snap percentage went from 100% week one to 32%. So bad that he basically, he asked for uh, his release from the team. He was granted it, so he is no longer on the Houston Texans. And he signed with the Cardinals on November 1st. Now, he didn't play much last week, but his reps could grow on that Cardinals defense. They've been struggling at linebacker this year. Isaiah Thomas really hasn't been what they were hoping he'd be at any point in his career yet. He's had some some up and downs this year. He's gotten a little bit better since I put him in the DEFCON situation earlier this off, or this season, but he's still not by any point valuable as a weekend weekend out starter because he's been so hit or miss. And then Zayvon Collins has actually been up and coming. He's gotten more and more tackles, more big plays, been more of a solid contributor. The big question here, though, is Gruyere Hill going to impact either Zayvon Collins or Isaiah Simmons on this defense, or is he just going to be a backup player at this point in time? My, my thought with that is that he went somewhere that he was told he was going to get playing, right? you got to think that he went somewhere in order to get playing time because that's what he was upset with the Texans. Texans would have left him on the team. So he's got to have been told that he was going to get more more snaps as the season went on or as he got more comfortable in the system. I don't know. It just feels like if I had Zayvon Collins or Isaiah Simmons, if you still have Isaiah Simmons and are wanting to play him week in and week out, I'd be a little nervous to see how this pans out. It's at least worth worth watching to see if he actually takes any of that playing time away. But as far as for the Texans, he was, in fact, a bust for sure this year. I mean, at this point in time, he's barely getting any snaps, so he's barely gotten any points for the last few weeks especially. Can't start him. Maybe if you hang on to him in a dynasty league or just to see how this plays out the next couple weeks for the Arizona Cardinals and see how it goes. But it's not been good for him, so that would be a uh, ding, ding, ding correct on Camus Grugier-Hill being a bust this year. Moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Defense that's really played pretty well this year in the NFL. Trayvon Walker was my bust player. Partially number one overall pick, right? Everybody's like, well, he's just gonna he's going to be great. Nick Bosa came in. And was really, really good. High high draft capital. You know, Chase Young, high draft capital for rookie year. Really, really good. Joey Bosa. You know, there's a lot of defensive ends that have came through. High draft capital. Immediately impactful on, on the NFL. Trayvon Walker has had 34 tackles. Pretty good. Two and a half sacks and one interception. That's by no means bad. It's been solid, but he hasn't translated into a ton of fantasy points where you feel good about starting him week in and week out. That being said, he is a rookie. Dynasty-wise, I expect him to just keep going up and up. I'm really happy with his production. I expect him to continue to get better. And he, at this point, he's a borderline defensive end three, so he's a bench player. Probably playing him on some of these bye weeks that you have going on. Redraft-wise, I mean, he's... He's nothing more than a matchup play and, like I said, a bye week fill-in. But where you're going to be real happy about it is, is dynasty-wise, he's really looked solid. 
The Jaguars started out looking like a pretty solid team this year and have fallen back into the Jacksonville Jaguar way of losings. So we'll just have to see if they can kind of turn that around or if it's just going to be another season of bad game strip if you're a defensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Final player in the uh, AFC South, Danico Autry, D-tackle slash D-end for the Tennessee Titans. And let me tell you something, guys. It's important to admit when you were wrong. And I was dead wrong on Danico Autry. I expected his offense to play worse than it did last year, you know, the Tennessee offense. It has. It has. It has 100% not been as good. If you don't believe me, just know that they haven't completed a pass to a wide receiver since October. And it is currently November 11th. I expected that number or that poor offense to kind of reflect into the defensive numbers being down on a guy like this. They haven't. 2021, nine sacks all season. 2022, through eight games, seven sacks. 2021, all season, 31 tackles. 2022 through eight games, 18 tackles. He's outpacing last year in a hurry, especially on the sack side. Holy cow. It doesn't look like he's slowing down. Like, if anything, he's getting better and better these last few weeks. He's just kind of in that groove. So I expected some regression, and we're getting some progression with Nico Autry. He might be the next big thing. This D-line is pretty good in Tennessee. Let's just give them kudos. Moving on to the AFC West. The San Diego Chargers. God, man. The Los Angeles Chargers. It's been like three years. I got to get that stuff going right. The Los Angeles Chargers. First round linebacker, Kenneth Murray, is my bust pick. Missed all of last year. Essentially, he kind of played, and that was the worst part about it because you played him and got burned with an ankle injury. He really didn't hardly get any snaps. He just was blah. He was my bus pick. And I will be honest, he's been picking it up some steam the last few weeks, kind of getting a little bit more big plays, getting a few more tackles. That being said, he's still a linebacker that is ranked out of the outside of the top 80 linebackers as far as fantasy points go on the season. So if you feel like he's going to turn the corner, he's only valuable at this point in a dynasty league, maybe. He's going to really still need to improve to get back in my good graces as far as somebody that's going to be able to play and give you fantasy value in this, this league. Once again, outside the top 80, unplayable, still a bust. Denver Broncos, Randy Gregory, after that big... Going back to Dallas, nah, I changed my mind, I'm going to Denver. I wonder if he regretted that after his Bronco country let's ride quarterback that makes some of the cringiest commercials out there has just been an utter incompetent quarterback there in Denver so far. Meanwhile, Dallas is looking pretty good. 
Still looking pretty good. I mean, he got the same money. It wasn't like he got more money to go there, but needless to say, I wouldn't say that he was necessarily a bust. In four games, he had two sacks, but not much else. And sadly, he's out for the year, so we'll never really know how that's going to pan out. Another, you know, another torn ACL, another just kind of stinks for, for him, but luckily he got the bag this offseason, so he was, at least he's recovering comfortably. Moving on to the Oakland Raiders. Keelan Farrell. Now, don't get me wrong. This could be easily a cop-out from the beginning of the season. I know. I saw it. I understand. The the Raiders declined his fifth-year option. We already knew that Max Crosby was the best DN they took in that draft. Everybody knew it after the first four games of their rookie season. But with them declining his fifth-year option... If you had any hope of Dynasty hanging on by a thread with this dude, it has been destroyed. And it, if it wasn't already, I mean, let's be honest, this has been a bad situation for him since he got drafted out of Clemson. And with Jonathan Abrams being cut this week, he and Josh Jacobs are the last first-round draft pick since 2019, which is only three years ago, still on the team. Both which have had their fifth-year options declined i mean holy cow this is bad the drafting just is terrible to to say that mike mayock and gruden were knowing what they were doing would be just dead wrong at this point holy cow i mean i get it some of them have been out of their control but this is just turned into such a dumpster fire and the crazy thing is, is that this team made the playoffs last year. And then this year, they got Josh McDaniel. How this guy got another head coaching job is beyond me, but it has just been terrible. And the only thing worse than the Raiders themselves is Keelan Farrell's play. He's got a half sack in eight games and nine total tackles. He's not getting playing time. They're just paying him because they didn't want to pay him while not at least having him at some sort of a rotational role. He'll be off the team next year. He might be out of the NFL by next year. I don't know. But he's a bust. Final team out of the AFC West, Frank Clark and the Kansas City Chiefs. He's had his moments this year, but he's also been quite inconsistent. And now the NFL suspended Clark for two games for violating the personal conduct policy. Things went from maybe he's okay to no thanks for me. I just don't think that we're going to see consistency out of here. I can get it in other places at the value for him. His best days are behind him. He's an integral part of the defense, don't get me wrong. He's better for the... Kansas, or the, he's better for the Kansas City Chiefs in real life than he's going to be for fa- your fantasy team. He is a good person and a good positional player, but he's not going to be value-added. Moving on to the AFC East, we're going to start with the New England Patriots. The bust prediction was Jabril Peppers. Now, he's had moments this year where he's like looked pretty solid, had a decent amount of tackles. The problem is, is that there's too much of a timeshare for him to even shine. 
when he had his moments, that was when there were injuries to Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar, vice versa, one or one or the other, been banged up so that they were kind of out of the rotation for a game or two. There's just not enough tackles to go around on that on that back end for three guys to be fantasy relevant. So really none of them are. Kyle Duggar is the closest to being a guy you feel good about. But once again, it's it's kind of like a Belichick backfield. You, you don't know who's going to shine week to week, and it's just it's a headache. And he's, at this point, been a bust. He's not going to give you week-in and week-out value. Moving on to the Miami Dolphins, the bust pick for them was Christian Wilkins, mostly because his season last year was insane. And the start of this year, this guy's been stellar against the run again this year. His tackle pace is slightly below the 90 tackles he had last year, but it's still up there. But the big issue is the lack of sack production. Through nine games, he has a half sack this year. And that was compared to last year total, he had five and a half. So he's well behind the curve on that. Now there is hope that with the Dolphins bringing in Bradley Chubb, that that will help with the sack numbers coming from the interior because they're going to have to double team um, the outside or not be able to double team the inside because they have to put some more focus somewhere else on that on that D-line. All in all, he's still a solid play, especially when when you have to start a D-tackle in leagues. But where he was last year to this year, it's still considered a bust. He's had a significant drop-off in points per game. Final, uh, oh, not the final, sorry, the second to last, the New York Jets, my bust pick was C.J. Mosley. Dude's a baller. Linebacker four on the season. What's crazy about this is that his stats are almost an exact match of the pace that they were that he was on last year when he had 168 total tackles. At this point, only an injury can slow him down. And he's actually having more big plays because they're in better game scripts. He's had some interceptions. He's honestly had like three dropped interceptions, so his stats can be even better than they are. But this is a... Dead wrong on this prediction. Mosley is not a bust. He is lighting the world on fire. Now the final team of the AFC East, and that is the Buffalo Bills. My bust pick for this team was the newly acquired, signed on the offseason, Vaughn Miller. Wrong again? Another another one that was uh, not necessarily what I thought? Maybe Seven sacks in eight games. He's been uh, a force on this Buffalo Bills defense. And having nine and a half sacks last year, total year between Denver and the Rams, Miller should blow that number away. So he's a stud on your team, right, Seth? You should be starting him. Not necessarily. Unless you play in a big play scoring league, Von Miller as a quote-unquote linebacker position designation is still only in the mid-60s ranked linebackers. But how is that, Seth? He's got seven sacks. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But you know what? It's not always just about that. You have to, when it's 
when it's a linebacker designation, if he was a DN, let's just put it there. If he was DN eligible, if he was just a DN in the NFL, he would be a top guy to have. But when he's a linebacker, the tackle, the tackles that people have are so much more valuable because of how many you're having. So what's what's what do you mean, Seth? Right? Okay. So Von Miller, seven sacks. That's great. The leading scoring defensive linebacker in fantasy football right now is Roquan Smith. Okay. Roquan Smith currently has 83 tackles on the season. 83. How many does Von Miller have? 16. 16 tackles in eight games. He's, he has averaging two tackles a game and almost a sack. Unless your league is high-value sack points, you know, like 10 points per sacks or something like that, the tackles are outweighing... The sacks. It just is. The high floor of getting all these tackles and then having a sack here or there is better than having no floor and hoping that you get a sack. It just it's just that way. So if you have Von Miller and it's linebacker eligible and you realize that man, it's just like he's not really putting up the points that you would think that those kind of stats with seven sacks would look like. Maybe try trading him somebody on name value because he has had such a good year. They talk about him whenever the Bills are on TV and you have that opportunity because when push comes to shove, this is a part of fantasy that's skewed. He's linebacker eligible. Outside linebackers are not that valuable. Just They're not getting the tackles. So just know that that linebacker designation really hurts on Vaughn. So moving on to the AFC North, we're going to start with the Baltimore Ravens. My bus pick, Patrick Queen. Queen started the season strong. He's been real strong, making a lot of tackles and the occasional big play, which he really didn't have a lot of last year. Visibly watching Patrick Queen play football, you can see him struggle in coverage, especially man-to-man coverage. He is not a good coverage linebacker. He's a between-the-tackles, one, you know, first and second down kind of run stopper. And then last week, the Ravens traded for Roquan Smith. They really didn't have anybody else to play that man coverage, middle linebacker, and nickel sets other than Patrick Queen. Well, now they have Roquan Smith, who I just said – has the most tackles in the NFL, is the highest scoring linebacker in the NFL fantasy-wise, and now he's on a new team. So as Smith gets more involved with the playbook, I expect to see Queen's snap count drop. I expect to see him coming off on third and long, on second and long, on basically any designated passing downs, unless they decide to start trying to blitz him as well. Queen's not a bust yet, but the writing's on the wall. Trade him now if you can, because by season's end, he's going to be in the 30s as far as linebacker ranking, whereas right now he's in the top 12. Cleveland Browns' bust pick was Jadavian Clowney. He's got a sack and a half and five games played. 
and ironically is being outplayed this season by his former teammate and elder statesman, J.J. Watt. Granted, it's not hard to do when you've only had a sack and a half. Miles Garrett's doing his job. I don't know what Jadavian Clowney is feeling like this year, but he is past his prime and is no longer the stud guy that he really sort of was, I guess. He really wasn't ever like a designated best player in the league defensive end, which is a shame because you thought that he was really going to be just the dude coming out of college. But such is, such is life moving on bust this year. Cam Hayward for the Pittsburgh Steelers is my next bust pick. He's still a top 10 D tackle, if you play D tackles in the league, but a top 10 D tackle on the season. But he is a long way from last year's monster year. And that's why I talked about him. It's, it's a coming down to earth thing. He's on pace for six sacks this year. Pretty good for a D tackle, except for when you look at him having 10 sacks last year. On pace for 62 tackles this year. Pretty good for a D tackle. Probably top three in the league as far as tackles go. Last year he had 89 tackles. So both of them are regressions. Probably back more towards a mean for Cam Hayward. He's good. Don't get me wrong. We just knew he wasn't going to be as good as he was last year. Final player we're going to talk about tonight is Eli Apple for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I mean, the reason I picked him, they went secondary with their first two picks. Eli Apple struggled mightily in coverage. They, we knew that they needed to try to upgrade this spot. But coming into the season, he's still a starter, still expected to play. He's nowhere near a player that needs to be on anybody's roster right now. Let's just get that out of the way. He's just not getting the playing time, which – means that he's not getting the stats because playing time equals pass, defenses, tackles, all that. you got to be on the field to get points. He's not on the field. He's not getting points. That is it. Cut him. Probably don't even have to cut him. He's been on the waiver wire for 10 weeks. Not expected. Not a big surprise for a bust for sure, but it's a bust nonetheless. So that's it. That's kind of where we're at with uh, the end of our midseason kind of reviews. There's been a lot of... Really fun storylines to continue to watch this year. So we'll we'll keep track of that. We'll continue to kind of get you ready for the playoff push. Once again, if you're in an IDP league, defensive players can be the difference between you winning and losing a week. You want to have those guys that have a high floor on your defensive side of the ball. You want to make sure that you do not lose a game due to your defense not performing. Let your offense have that little bit more variability with the boomer bust plays and set a nice, stable baseline with your defense. There's a lot of players out there. For instance, Jack Sanborn, I just talked about him last week, coming in to play because Roquan Smith got traded. What did he do? People went out and picked up A.J. Klein. People went out and thought Morrow was still gonna was gonna be now the new Roquan. No, Morrow doesn't play that position. Jack Sanborn came in and had seven solo tackles in his first full game. I expect him to continue to play well. Do I think that Sanborn is the answer long term? No, probably not. But he is for this season. And if he plays well enough this season, he's gonna get another opportunity to maintain that position. Seven solo tackles in his first game is a great sign. 
Keep your eyes peeled for these kinds of situations. As teams start to lose and get out of the playoff hunt late in the season, they're going to throw in their rookies. They're going to throw in these young guys to see what they have. The Troy Andersons who's for Atlanta, who played earlier because of injury, played well. As the season goes on, they're going to see what they have with him. They're going to give him more time to just kind of prove it. you got to start looking for that. Pay attention to the snap counts when we get into week 9, 10, 11, because those are the guys that are getting the playing time when playoffs come for fantasy-wise, and you need to have that ace in the hole, a guy that nobody saw coming that ends up winning you a week. Just keep focused. We'll keep track of it for you. But remember, have fun out there, man. And as always, defense wins fantasy. We'll see you next week.